Welcome to Rocky Mountain Gamers. Thanks for joining us on our podcast. If it's your first time here, hit the like and subscribe button below and join us regularly for all things gaming. How you doing today, Lee? I'm doing great, man. It's been a good, yeah. fun day. It's been a crazy couple of days, hasn't it? Absolutely. It's not E3 week yet, is it? No, it's not E3 week for another, you know, 12 days, almost two weeks. <laughs> Could have fooled me. Um, exactly two weeks, actually. The uh, first E3 event, the Summer Game Fest, will start two weeks from tonight, uh, two weeks from today. Uh, Jeff Keighley's event that's going to kind of lead into the official E3 show, which is from the 12th to the 15th. And uh, we've just been getting bombarded, haven't we? Absolutely. I love it. I love the lead up to E3. It's always a lot of fun. It is. Um, tonight, we were going to talk about some of the things that we've seen in the last couple of days and what we like about them, uh, what we don't like about them. Is there anything we haven't liked? Very little that I haven't liked, I got to say. Oh, maybe Dragon Quest Ten not coming to uh north america i didn't like that that we, that we know of but it said not planned for international did it for for the offline too i didn't see that uh, not it you're right offline is still up in the air and in fact i think that's a possibility because they didn't specifically state that it right. wasn't right so that's, that's, that's I'm, I'm hedging all my hopes on offline um <laughs> but let's start there last night square enix did a 30 30th 35th 35th, if you can believe it. Last night, Square Enix did a 35th anniversary celebration for Dragon Quest. Um, had creators there, and they just rapid-fired a bunch of stuff. They started things off a little uh, Eastern-centric with a DQ mobile game that we really don't care anything about, and some updates to Dragon's Quest X, which we care about, but we can't play. And then they introduced a super deformed version of Dragon's Quest X, uh, Dragon's Quest X Offline. It's going to feature the story and the characters, uh, different artwork. And it looks like, to me, that's our best chance to get Dragon's Quest X. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a cute, chibi sort of uh, graphical style with the, the main story in there but no online capabilities. It almost feels like that's their way of bridging the gap and, and bringing us some sort of Dragon Quest X to North America. And it, it makes sense. It's, it's hard to justify running multiple MMOs. You have to have an audience you know is going to show up for an MMO and subscribe every month for an MMO. Uh, I know they had to work like hell to make... Uh, Final Fantasy 14 work to the point of going back and basically redesigning it. Um, so while there might be an audience for Dragon's Quest 10, I, I think they're nervous about that. Well, and there's a huge infrastructure involved with putting out online games. You know, you need the servers, like you said, you need the subscription models, um, you need a way to, you know, purchase it. Um, there's just a lot to it. And I, I still feel like Square Enix is a little bit gun shy about bringing Dragon Quest in all of its entirety to the US uh, and to Canada. Um, but I feel like this presentation was a step in the right direction towards doing that. 
I agree. I absolutely agree. So we have uh, we had Dragon's Quest Ten online, Dragon's Quest Ten offline. We have a little hope, but no confirmation. They had they didn't say anything about a Western release. And then they went into a couple of games we are going to get. The first one I still am not quite clear on. Dragon's Quest Treasure Hunter. I, I think it's called. Is it Treasure Hunter or just Treasures? Um... But again, it looks like at, they were talking about it being a traditional-ish JRPG, but it would run a little bit differently than your average JRPG. And they didn't really elaborate on what that meant, um, but it looked like it would involve several of the characters from Dragon Quest XI um, and sort of like a side spin-off adventure. And those the characters they're talking about, they're like children versions. Yeah, so I don't know from DQ eleven. Yeah, so I don't know if it's sort of a, a prequel kind of thing or just a different art style. Um, I'm not sure, but I'm I'm interested for sure. Uh, I would like to hear more. Definitely, I haven't gotten into the Dragon's Quest side stories as much. Dragon's Quest Builders, um, Dragon's Quest uh, Dungeons. I haven't I haven't really gotten drawn into those like I have the main series. Yeah, I, I would agree with you there. I mean, I've I've played a few for sure, like monsters back in the day. Um, but lately it's been pretty mainline um Dragon Quest and remake. You can pretty much pitch me any kind of remake, remaster of any of the mainline Dragon Quests, and I'm playing it hundred percent day one, has to happen kind of thing. Absolutely. Even though I'm, I'm still waiting kind of patiently for Switch versions of four through six. Yes, I, I was kind of. We got them on DS. Was, They've been translated. Yeah, again, I would love to see that. Hopefully, one day. But uh, I, I'm, I'm hoping Dragon's Quest Treasure or Treasure Hunter. Uh, I'll, I will post what it actually is below <laughs> uh, after we look it up again. <laughs> but uh, that's how that's kind of how much it stuck. Then they went to, <clears throat> excuse me. Then they went to uh, Dragon Quest HD 2D remake of Dragon Quest Three. Yeah, in full Octopath style graphics. It looks so beautiful. Oh, and Dragon Quest Three is one of my favorite Dragon Quests. Um, it's, it's an amazing game, and for those who don't know, that's kind of the direct prequel to Dragon's Quest Eleven, right? Which is they don't do that a lot in the series. You don't you don't have um, games that follow into other games in the series very often. Absolutely, um, and the cool thing about this is you could essentially apply that sort of two D HD remake style to a ton of the earlier dragon quests um and so i wonder if this is almost like a test to see how well this sort of thing is received or you know how yes, much it please. sells or whatever um yes please that's what i yeah. have to say about that maybe i'll buy i'll buy a couple of copies just to <laughs> kind of move things along for square units <laughs> <there>. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's that's a game that turns into a gift for me. That's what I, that's what I end up doing: buying copies for people. Yes, yes. Gotta try this, please, please try it, please play it, <laughs> please go online and talk about it. Yeah, it looks amazing. I'm super excited. That was honestly as excited as I am for the next game we're going to talk about. Um, that was probably the jewel there for me. Like that was. I agree. That that was the highlight of the night. Well, and it was the highlight of the night because the next game we're going to talk about, we still don't know anything about. Well, that's true. Yeah. I mean, had I seen more about it? (laughs) Dragon's Quest 12. uh, The Flames of Fate. Wait, I need to say that better. Dragon's Quest 12. The Flames of Fate. Yes. Needs that darker tone to it. (laughs) Uh all they really showed was the name. The 12 got burned in with fire, which was kind of cool. They're implying that it's kind of a more adult Dragon's Quest. Yes. I hope that doesn't overly affect the art style because Dragon's Quest has had something of consistent art style, unlike Final Fantasy, um, the whole way. Yeah. And it's, it's gotten prettier, certainly as hardware has gotten more powerful, but it's, it's a very consistent art style. Yeah. And I kind of like the fact that dragon quest, even when it gets a bit serious is still a little bit lighthearted, you know, like it's, it's the series that you know is going to have a happy ending eventually. Um, And I kind of like that about it, you know? Um, But again, I could, I think you could take a darker approach to that and still have that, feel of dragon quest absolutely um, absolutely sure i agree absolutely well overall what did you think of their 35th anniversary uh they showed merchandise too uh which unfortunately we don't get enough of in this country um again they're doing some cool stuff with the series and the series and the franchise is huge in japan um and they're still 35 years later working at um, really making it mainstream in the in North America, which I appreciate. I don't think they're all the way there yet, but every year I think it gets a little closer. I think Dragon's Quest Eleven helped a lot. Uh, absolutely. I, uh, I, I think th- they got a lot of attention with that. I think they've gotten a lot of new followers with that. Definitely. And I think having it cross-platform is a big deal as well i agree um, they brought you know dragon quest to or dragon quest 11 they started on the playstation and then they brought it to xbox and then they brought it to switch and then they brought it back to the playstation and xbox and i feel like and pc yeah that's right and pc and that's going to spur um wider expansion of the series into north america and i love that um hopefully dragon quest 12 kind of seals the deal and we start getting some cool dragon quest merchandise here as well in north america because i would need a big plush slime i would buy it all <laughs> <laughs> the shirts look though i really want that dress shirt uh, i don't know if you see the seen the dress shirt with the little slimes on it i haven't but i'm gonna uh, go find it so that was a phenomenal video i need to wear that to something fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so I, I agree. Uh, Dragon's Quest holds a special place in my heart. It was the 
first uh, computerized RPG I ever played. I didn't play any of the early like Ultimas and stuff on PC, um, but I played Dragon Warrior when it came out on NES, you yeah. know, right away when it first released. And uh, it, it led to an RPG obsession of mine. So it's, it's always going to be the one that started the ball rolling. Yeah, I think I'm in the same place with the, I, I think it was Nintendo Power that gave away the game. They um, did after I already had one. Yeah, <laughs> see, that was, I had rented it a bunch of times. Um, and then that Somewhere was- Somewhere I have a sealed copy because of that. Ooh. I don't know where. <laughs> so uh, uh, that was last night. That was the for people keeping track May 26th. And then we woke up this morning, May 27th, to Sonic the Hedgehog. That's right. Yeah, that was uh let's see, our time it was nine nine o'clock or ten o'clock PST about. Yeah, nine o'clock PST. Mm -hmm. Ten o'clock for those of us in the rock. And is that the 25th anniversary of Sonic the Hedgehog then? 30th. 30th. Okay. 30 years of Sonic crazy and uh now we're getting into when i was actually i since i've actually been working in gaming mm -hmm. uh i was actually working in gaming when sonic first came out right on so uh hearing 30 years kind of wounds me there <laughs> um but that's okay of the big blue blur uh people don't realize we can thank Sonic the Hedgehog for one major thing. Thanks to Sonic, games started getting actual release dates. Really? Before Sonic the Hedgehog, video games did not have release dates. They had a, it'll be out around. It'll be out around this time. And you would go to... A major retailer and they'd get it first and then if you had a local game store they'd get it two weeks later uh could it come in on tuesday could come in on friday it was there was no guaranteed relate uh, release date and mm -hmm. then uh tom kalinsky over at sega came up with sonic tuesday for sonic 2 actually sonic the hedgehog didn't do it it was sonic 2 it was sonic tuesday and that's when games started getting actual dates like movies and music and videos did. Wow. And see, I wasn't in the industry at that time. I would have been, <laughs> I would have been a little bit younger still. Um, and I, I do remember that though. I remember you kind of just showed up. I, I distinctly remember this for Super Mario Brothers 3. And we would just wander into the mall whenever we could and like, hey, do you have Super Mario Brothers 3 yet? And nope, not yet. And it kind of just waited for it you know there was one store we could pre-order at and it was uh g and g gaming which was owned by capcom they really? had a number of stores here in the u.s they had one in denver and g and g g and g for uh ghosts and goblins um <laughs> and they would let you pre-order and when mario 3 came out i got the phone call in a snowstorm and they gave me 12 hours to pick it up Oh, and you were fighting through that snowstorm. It didn't really matter. No, it really but didn't. I was an adult. Nobody could stop me. <laughs> so, yes, I was an adult driving through the snow to get Mario 
early uh, and so I could call in sick work the next day. <laughs> well worth it. Well <laughs> worth it. <laughs> so the Sonic presentation was a little different. Mm-hmm. It seemed to focus a lot on re-releasing Sonic Colors, which I will admit I never played. And neither did I. And uh, I had no idea it had these kind of space themes. I was I was lost. I was yeah. completely lost with Sonic Colors. Um, but it looks cool. It does look cool. That That's the thing. I, I guess I kind of need to go back and look at what it was on the Wii. Um, but what I've seen today, look, it looks pretty cool. Yeah, look neat. And some of the powers and such look, look really cool. So there's yeah. a new version of Sonic Colors coming. And looking forward to seeing what that's all about, actually. Uh, absolutely. And it's it's a budget-ish title. Like, it's not a full right. title. It's 30, $39.99 US, I think. Yeah. Um, it's not bad at all and it comes with a baby sonic keychain i think yeah as if they needed to seal the deal a little bit further for me um that's all be given that i mean it's 54.99 here in canada and uh that's budget for us so uh i'm definitely gonna be giving that shot again probably on switch because i like to be able to take my games on the go Um, no doubt but that's exciting so we well we have that, and then they went into Sonic Collection. Uh, I don't I don't know exactly what they called it. Origin, um, I think. Another bunch of re-releases. Looks like a good package, mind you. Sonic, Sonic Two, Sonic and Knuckles, Sonic. Uh, didn't have Sonic Spinball, but it did have Sonic CD on it. Nice, yeah. No, I'm that was actually the compilation I was hoping for. Um, so when they announced that that was that was made the presentation for me right at that point um i'm interested in hearing more again that they kind of glanced over it very rapidly um the whole the whole presentation was actually kind of rapid the whole thing was only 15 minutes yeah like i guess they had to get through a lot really fast but that's what i'm excited about and i can't wait to hear more about that one and i I agree it looks like it's going to be very cool Mm mm-hmm and then they went, uh, they didn't talk about the new movie. They did talk about a new animation. Yeah, based on colors, I think. Yeah, based on colors. And that um, looked good. And then they went to the next mainline title, which will be out in 2022. Mm-hmm. They didn't give a name. Uh, it, it looked real. I mean, I thought they were going to be talking about the movie because it looked like the movie character running through real woods um and then they said it was you know the game i don't know what kind of graphics to expect if it's if it's graphics like they showed there which i can't wrap my head around that would be cool (laughs) and or what type of game or basically i don't know what kind of game yeah if it's going to um, be straight up uh, action or if it'll be another Sonic Adventure-ish title. Um, sadly, unlike Mario, Sonic has not had the best or most consistent, at least, 
uh, offering of games. They kind of go hot and cold. And what kind of game would you want to see? Honestly, I would like to see a, st- a structure like a 3D Mario game with those kind of levels, but straight 3D platformer, not adventure. I think that's probably what I would enjoy seeing the most too. Um, it sounds like it's going to be fairly cross-platform, so I wonder if that impacts what they can do with it um, from a technology standpoint it does it must right i mean you whenever you go cross-platform you have to design for the lowest common denominator and then you can bump up your resolution you can bump up you know things that can be enhanced textures and shadows and lighting but uh the base has to be for that lowest common denominator right and since they're aiming for 2022 um, which I would assume Dragon Quest Twelve is as well. I mean, the console landscape might look a little different as well. I would think so. I think you're uh, you're talking about some other rumors we've heard in the last twenty four hours. It's been a busy twenty four hours. Has it ever? Last night on the twenty sixth again, uh, report came out from Bloomberg. So, you know, not some blogger somewhere deciding to stir things up. And according to Bloomberg, uh, Nintendo is getting ready to announce its next system. It's, you know, enhanced system, follow-up system, whatever you want to call it. The uh, Switch Pro, the Super Switch I've heard. Uh, I still like Switch Advanced. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure I'm the only one. Uh, who appreciates the callback to the Game Boy Advance name. But uh, whatever it's going to be called, they're saying it could, should be announced anytime and would be starting to be released in late September, early October. That would make me so happy. I think that would, I mean, it would explain a lot. There's, you know, rumor has abounded since 2018. You know, the Switch came out in March of 2017. Rumors started on a Switch Pro in 2018. We're uh, four years in, and we have the Switch Lite is the only new SKU that they've given. Um, They stated uh, famously that we're about halfway through the Switch lifecycle now, and they're planning to sell a ridiculous number of systems in their current fiscal year, 30 million systems. Yes. Something has to be drawing that. And, uh, and all we're left with is to pull from rumor and speculation. But there seems to be a lot of credible information, credible leaks about the types of the display that it's going to get, types and size of the display with that new OLED. There seems to be... Uh, consensus that it's going to be capable of 4k output um they haven't talked about a whole lot else uh other than a little bit more powerful better screen um and then better better on tv output regardless 
if it's true, a lot of people are going to buy another switch. Oh, absolutely. And it kind of brings together why maybe a lot of these presentations have the, you know, the big announce of the big game, you know, Dragon Quest 12, um, new Sonic game. It makes me wonder if they're not showing anything because they can't talk about what platforms it may be on because it's still kind of hush hush. Absolutely. But that that's very exciting. Um, if we see something about that before E3, these next two weeks are going to be extremely exciting. And it, it would make sense to drop that information before E3 because then anybody participating in Summer Game Fest, anybody participating in E3 would be able to say, hey, we have these games planned and they're going to be enhanced on uh, Switch Max or whatever. <laughs> right. You know, um, that makes sense to me. Uh, it completely makes sense. And of course, that's basically what the rumors are saying. Um, it makes a lot of sense. And that's very exciting. So I really hope that those rumors pan out because um, I can't wait. Yeah, it's, it's you know, I, I take my money, please. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Hopefully the next time we're doing this next week, we'll be actually be talking about the actual announcement. That would make me very happy. That would be cool. Um, so from, from rumors and speculation to uh, what for me was the big game presentation of the last couple of days, which was Horizon Forbidden West. Secret right. to Horizon Stay Zero Dawn. And Sony gave us 14 minutes of gameplay today, which was just so, so beautiful. Um, yeah, Ratchet and Clank looks great. It really does. Miles Morales looked great. This is the first time I've looked at footage like this and thought, ah, that's now that's next gen. It really felt next gen um, as they kind of move through environments and you watched how seamless the combat looks and right into cut scenes. And, you know, it just, it felt next gen, seamless, fast, crisp. Yeah, it um, flowed wonderfully. Just beautiful. I, that was 14 minutes. I really wished I was playing, you know, like whoever was actually playing that, um, they got to record that. I'm like, oh man. If I could be that guy or that gal, you know? Now, the only thing I thought there is I couldn't be that guy or gal because I'd have died 300 times. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, it looks like uh, the game might require some skills. You don't know what kind of helpers they're going to but uh, all I'm thinking is <laughs> I'm over 50. This is going to be tough. Yeah, I need an easy mode in there somewhere. Yeah, easy mode is good. Yeah, I would take an easy mode. Um. I know this is cliche. This is terribly cliche, but oh God, the water was so beautiful. That was, I think my favorite part, like just how it went from seamless swimming and like just the draw distance and looking through the water at the, the wildlife in the water. And when the, the, you know, the creature went by and then seamlessly she got out of the water and right into back into the forest. And I was like, that was quite something like that was that was well done and it was like the water is so clear but you still know it's water you still you know 
it's crystal clear inside. The visuals are beautiful, but it still feels like water. Yeah, definitely. Without any fogginess, without any, I don't, you know, it's a, it's a, it was a different look for water, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, it kind of comes down to the draw distance a bit. Like you can see, you feel like you could see forever through the water as far as you would normally see, you know, in that kind of crystal clear water. There was no breaking from the, you know, there was no illusion. It just felt seamless and integrated, you know? Yeah, it was, some, it was just like the most beautiful water ever. Yeah, that was amazing. Real water. <laughs> That's okay. Um. The creatures look good, and I'm guessing we're going to see some new machines. Oh, uh, oh definitely, yeah. The new power uh, abilities, I guess powers isn't the right word. She's not Spider-Man. But the new abilities, <laughs> like the uh, glider, uh, the ability to tra uh, traverse vertically, um, those are really going to enhance the game. The kind of grappling hook that lets her can, you know, kind of zip out of a situation if it gets bad and if there's a place to attach it to those things are, are really neat yeah that can add a lot of cool gameplay mechanics and and boss fights um could very well add a lot to it so uh they did not give a date on that a lot of people are hoping it's still 2021 uh there was a a tweet from the developer afterwards that just vaguely said it was on track, which right. means it could still be 2021 and maybe a date will get announced around E3 or around Summer Game Fest. Um, the original Horizon Zero Dawn came out in February. So, you know, it wouldn't be beyond them. They're not going to release it if it's not ready. Uh, but it wouldn't be beyond them for them to just say, okay, it's February now. Yeah. So we got we to gotta wait for an announcement there. The sooner, the better. They did say that to expect news very soon. Um, and when a developer is saying that right now, and there's E3 looming on the horizon, I, I can't help but wonder if that's kind of what they're referencing. Um, and they're kind of just wetting our palate um yeah. for whatever they're going to talk about at e3 and uh, i mean who knows what's going to happen but very soon and a big gaming event coming up and you know wanting to stay on track for 2021 i think we'd find out then if we were going to find out yeah i hope so i you know we really need to find out definitely so um last just because i don't want to completely leave it out there was also a video dropped for Dying Light 2 today. Right. Uh, stay Human. Dying Light 2, Stay Human. And it looked beautiful, too. It's not really my jam. First-person action zombie games. I like zombies. Uh, I like horror. But it's just, it's not really my wheelhouse. I'll probably give it a try at some point. But uh, it did look gorgeous, and it does look like another hit um definitely another triple a title uh so if you're interested in that sort of thing go on uh, youtube google it uh there's new footage out there and it does look very good yeah i mean it sounds like it was well received um and they announced a new collector's edition of it which looks elaborate 
and pretty great. <laughs> I love um, the elaborate ones. Definitely an elaborate uh, collector's edition. And I think they're aiming for December, is it, for the... Sounds right. Um, again, I, I missed that uh, today, and I still have to catch up on that. This I think evening. it's December 7th. December 7th, eh? Yeah. I believe it's a, it's a, it's a, a Pearl Harbor Day release. Mm, okay. Which is oh. uh, pretty much as close to the holidays as you can get for a holiday release. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, it, it, it looks good. It, it, it looks solid if that's the kind of game you're into. Awesome. That, that's a pretty darn good 24 hours of game trailers and announcements and gameplay. Um, that's a great 24 hours. Honestly, it makes me nervous. <laughs> How so? If the pre-E3 announcement, if the stuff they're kind of, oh, let's get this stuff out of the way, is yeah. this good? What are we going to see? I can't wait to see what we're going to see. Uh, my wallet is already trembling in fear. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, it's, it's, it's intimidating. And pretty soon, you know, my backlog is going to have its own backlog. Yeah, seriously. I'm well past that. I'm not <laughs> kind of like it doesn't. <laughs> well, speaking of that, uh, what are you playing right now? So I'm still playing Fantasian uh, <laughs> on my phone, not even on the Apple TV, which again, I, I kind of moved that. And, and I love it. Like, I just love it. I have so much on the go right now. Um, so many games I could be playing on the PS5, on the Switch. And instead I'm playing a mobile game on Apple Arcade. And, and it's, I don't regret it in the slightest. Fantasian feels like they brought a game from the Final Fantasy VII, Legend of Dragoon days, um, and kind of polished it until it shone with new technologies. And oh, then they added awesome. a killer, oh yeah, then they added a killer soundtrack to it, and it, it's fantastic. Um, I think I'm getting close to the end. Um, I fought what I thought was the final boss yesterday night and it turns out it was not the final boss in typical JRPG. welcome to jrpgs yeah, that's jrpg fashion and i had to grind for probably two hours to even beat him um oh, no. but man, I'm, I'm excited to finish this up uh, i feel like i'm still pretty close to the end but i'm loving every second of it excellent yeah what are you playing now um i am playing uh, uh i got a copy just a couple of days early i got a copy of shin megami tensei 3 jumped into it and nice. so i'm playing that i'm about i want to say 20 hours in and i had not played three before i started that series with four on the 3ds and um started persona with persona 3 and then played three four five royal four gold so my my current awareness of the series is kind of more modern right. and while this looks really good it's a nice hd remake and has really interesting graphics it's feeling a little dated to me mm. but 
it still completely sucked me in. The story's great. The monsters are great. Um, you know, the, the demons that you can recruit and work with. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the overworld transversal. Um, that's okay. Uh, because the actual locations are a lot of fun. The actual dungeons, and it seems like you're almost always in the dungeon. Right. So uh, I'm enjoying it. I wouldn't give it the kind of rousing, uh, panting fanboy love that I gave Persona 5 Royale because that, that game's insane. Um, but it's, it's going to hold me over and thinking about how much I am enjoying it and thinking about how good the last couple of Persona games were, I'm really starting to get excited for uh, Shin Megami Tensei Five, which last they said was still a 2021 worldwide release. We which haven't heard I... anything for a while. Again, E3 is coming. I'm hoping they say something then. I'm hoping for a fall release. Uh, in these in these days of COVID, it could get moved back, but. Uh, I think it's going to be fairly soon, and I think it's going to be really cool. Yeah, absolutely. I think they're going to stick to that 2021 for. I hope so. I, like because they they just showed you know some more on it. It feels like they're on track for that series, um, and I think you might be right. I think like they again, they've kind of brought it into the new world after um, you know making incredible games like Persona Five Royal and things that they've learned from those. I think the next Shin Megami Tensei is going to be incredible. Here's to hope. Here's yes. to hope. Um, but any, anybody interested in checking the series out, anybody with a Switch, go ahead and pick up three. You're not going to be disappointed. It's a fun game. Just don't expect Persona 4 or 5. Right. I mean, this, this was quite a bit before those. Yeah, originally 2003. Yeah, so I mean, it kind of this this game kind of led to those and kind of laid the groundwork for them. Um, oh, the story's yeah. so good, though. I'm very much looking forward to um, playing it again. I have it on route. It has not arrived yet, but when it Canadian does, Canadian Post. Yeah, like you know, I actually had a pre-order for it. The pre-order still hadn't shipped. Um, so I ended up ordering another copy because the pre-order wasn't shipping for some reason. So I'm, oh. a, bit, I'm a bit behind on this one, and I hate when that happens in a game I'm anticipating. But uh, what what can you say? What can you do? Well, I, um, as a closing of what I'm playing, uh, I did get a PC copy of Biomutant. Oh, nice. I haven't plugged it in yet, but I am going to do some streaming of that on the Rocky Mountain Gamers Twitch channel. And uh, I encourage people to check us out on Twitch too. I won't be streaming four or five times a week like some people do, but I, I hope to be getting a good stream session every in every week and, uh, and uh, share some time with you online. Awesome. Looking forward to it. So, well, I think that wraps a pretty well-packed episode of Rocky Mountain Gamers. Uh, this is our first official episode. This is the first one we're releasing. Uh, so we're going to do this every week. We're going to get better. We're going to have a lot of fun. So like I said, please hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. Give us a chance uh, to prove that we can be uh, uh, one of your sources 
for entertainment and information with video games. Well, we've been doing this a long time, and we really want to share our love of games with you. Absolutely. Thanks so much, guys. All right. Have a great one, guys.